Well, shalom and God bless you, brothers and sisters. Welcome to Fruit of the Vine Ministries. My name is John Davison. We're on chapter 6 of our study in the book of Esther, and we're taking a look at Esther being a picture of the Bride of Christ, of interceding for the people of God on behalf of uh, uh, the king, on going, excuse me, going to the king on behalf of the people of God and interceding for the people of God in the midst of the enemy, the adversary, trying to take out the people of God, trying to, trying to stifle, trying to kill them. Esther puts on her garments as the bride and she goes before the king. And, and this is a picture of the bride of Christ going before King Jesus and petitioning for the church, as the enemy comes into the church in these last days, tries to defile the doctrine, tries to defile the church, tries to get the church to, to, to be an error so that the church is weak and that the church is destroyed in these last days. And, and what we can do and what we're called to do on behalf of the people of God as those standing in right position with our Father. So here we go, chapter 6 of the book of Esther and verse 1. During the night, the king could not sleep. Now, this is the night that this is the night after Esther came and had the banquet with the king. Now, notice what's happening. Esther now petitions the king. Esther fasts. Esther goes before the king. She she has the scepter uh, handed out to her. She touches it. She doesn't die. She has no fear of man. She goes before the king and, and she has this banquet. Then all of a sudden, a, a stirring happens in the king. Check this out. The king gets moved by what happens. It says, listen, verse 1, chapter 6, During the night the king could not sleep. Now all of a sudden something's changed in the king's position. See, as the bride of Christ, we can move the heart of God. We can, we can move the position of God. Abraham even petitioned God on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, there are many people that petitioned God. Even Moses petitioned God and said, listen, if you're going to blot out their lives then blot mine out of your book also. In other words, he moved God's heart with his petition on behalf of the people. And God changed his mind based off of the actions and the responses that his people had towards the sin and the people dying around them. So during the night, the king could not sleep. So he ordered that the book of the memorable acts, the Chronicles, be brought, and they were read before the king. Scripture tells us that God has what's called a book of remembrance. There's a book of remembrance. And many of the patriarchs, when they prayed, they said, Oh God, remember me. Remember what I've done. Father, remember what I've done for the kingdom. Remember what I've done for you, Father. It's not that God forgets these things. God remembers. He knows all things. But there's something about the relationship of the bride coming before the king and, and reminding the bridegroom of, Hey, remember when we did this together? Do you ever sit down with your husband or your wife and you sit down and you look at a book and you look at like vacations that you went on and the person goes, yeah, that was so awesome. And you guys have this emotion stirring inside of you. It's during a, it's during remembrance that things get, get stirred in, in the heart of one another. And so as you remember things, as, 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 as you call God to remember things that you did together, it stirs his heart. He goes, yes, my loved one. Yes, my beloved. Wow, that was so great. Yes, let's do that again. And so the heart of God is being stirred right now. And he's, 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 the heart of the king at this point in Esther is being stirred right now. And he's, and he's asking for the scrolls of remembrance to be, let's look and see what happened here. In verse 2, it was found written that Mordecai had informed Bigthan and Teresh, the two eunuchs of the king's servants, serving as the keepers of the door, who had sought to kill King Ahasuerus. So the king said, 
What honor or dignity has been done for Mordecai as a result of this? Then the king's servant attending him said, Nothing has been done for him. So the king said, Who's in the court? And the story goes on there. So what ends up happening here? What ends up happening is God remembers, okay? God, when you stir God's heart, God remembers the good things that he did with those churches and those people that are in error within the body of Christ. He remembers what they did for him. The early days when they first got saved and they were on fire and they were sharing Jesus. Maybe they're backslidden now. Maybe they're not living for Christ now. But bring to God and say, listen, this person committed their life to you. I know they're backslidden, but Father, forgive them. Remember what you've done with them. Look upon them with favor and look at what the king does. The king here says this in verse 9. It says, let the apparel and the horses for this man be handed by one of the king's nobles officials in order to dress the man whom the king delights to honor, as well as to lead him on horse through the city. Finally, let him proclaim, let, like this it shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Haman, quickly take the apparel and the horse, as you have said, and do so for Mordecai the Jew, sitting at the king's gate. Of everything you have spoken, do not fall short of any of it. What, what's happening here? The very one that Haman wanted to destroy ends up being glorified by Haman. The petitioning of the king and the remembrance of what happened and what, the, what Mordecai did, the remembrance of that, allowed the king to bring him back up to a position of royalty. Put him back in the king's robes. Put him on the king's horse. In other words, it restored someone who at one time could only be outside of the court of the king. Now he's riding the king's horse and has the king's garments on. All of this, all of this, comes from the prayer and the fasting of the bride on behalf of the people of God. Remember, Mordecai was a Jew. He was the first one of the people of God that was exalted after, after fasting and prayer and petitioning the king and not being for This is awesome. So you might only see one person come, but there's more. Listen to this. Then the king said to Haman, Quickly, take the apparel and the horses, as you have said, and do so for Mordecai the Jew, sitting at the king's gate. Of everything you have spoken, listen. Verse 11. So Haman took the apparel and the horse, arrayed Mordecai, led him on horseback throughout the city, and proclaimed before him, Like this it shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor. As Mordecai returned again to the king's gate, Haman hurried to his house, mourning with his head covered. Oh, poor adversary. Guess what? He was just showed one, huh? He just got showed up. Why? Because the church decided to deny herself and get in alignment with the king's heart? Watch. Listen to what, listen to what happens from here forward. This I find so interesting. This is what we moved into in the fasting and the prayer. All of a sudden, the people who were telling Haman that he should attack Mordecai and the Jewish people, those ones who once were fearless about destroying the people of God, listen to what they give Haman's advice now. Verse 13, Haman recounted to his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that had happened to him concerning Mordecai and, and lifting up Mordecai. 
the person he wanted to kill. Then his wise friends and his wife Zeresh said to him, listen to what these people do now. Listen to the demonic realm, fear and tremble, because the church fasted and prayed and aligned themselves with the heart of the king. Check this out. Quote, if Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, listen, they're already saying, look, you're beginning to fall. If Mordecai, before whom have begun to fall, is of Jewish lineage, then you will not be victorious over him. Rather, you will surely fall before him. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and took Haman to the banquet that Esther had prepared. Listen to this. Listen to how encouraging this is. We entered the king's presence. But before that, we went fasting and praying. But before that, we put on our spotless garments and we removed sin from our lives. But before that, we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and made him our King of kings and Lord of lords. And so we made him king. We cleansed ourselves. We got sanctified by the Holy Spirit. We put on the spotless garments. Then we went into the king's presence. But before we went into his presence, we went into prayer and fasting, denying of ourselves with our spotless garments on. Went into the king's presence, had an intimate meal with him. The enemy's attacks ramped up, but they backfired in his face because the heart of God was moved. The heart of the king was moved. The remembrance was brought forth. Esther prayed and fasted on behalf of the people. Who did the king remember? The Jewish person Mordecai. The king exalted Mordecai. Now all of a sudden, all of these demonic realms that were once fearless to kill the people of God are now telling Haman, the enemy, the adversary, you won't succeed. His own advisors have turned on him now because the church decided to align herself with the word of God and with the heart of the Father. How powerful is this? But the story gets better. The story gets better as we get into chapter 7 and 8 and then 9 and 10. So I'm so encouraged by this. I hope that this is moving you into a place of intimacy with the Father. I hope that you understand what it means to, to, to intercede for the people of God for the church. I hope you understand what it means to be a spotless, unblemished bride for Jesus, for Yeshua. And what it means to have your wicks trimmed, your, your oil filled, and have that cup of overflowing in prayer and intercession. It says in, in the New Testament, it says that we are to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. We need to pray for the church, pray for the people of God, that a mighty move of God would happen within his own people, in Jesus' mighty name. Join us for, for the rest of the story, for the rest of this encouragement to walk boldly in these end times. God bless you. Thank you for watching. In Jesus' mighty name, Shalom.